Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Improvise Till You Make It. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and Blake. Blake. This is an improv podcast all about the improv mindset. And on this podcast, we talk with other improvisers about how they use improv principles on stage and if and how they use them off stage to live brighter, fuller lives. And then we use those conversations to inspire improv scenes, which we make up on the spot. Uh, and today we are joined by some very cool guys who are, uh, uh, this is our second international podcast. True. We're joined by a group of gentlemen on the other side of the Atlantic. Everybody, let's welcome, give a big round of applause to Dad's Cologne. Yay! Welcome, guys. Welcome. All right. Dad's Cologne, an improv team based in Richmond, Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. That's correct. All right, excellent. Uh, so I'm just going to introduce you all one at a time so the audience gets a chance to hear your voice and, and get familiar with you. Uh, so we'll start in the, uh, with uh, just the, 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 what is the, the order that you have it listed on your Instagram page. So we're joined by Anthony Brazo. Yeah, good job. Oh, did I say it right? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone here fucks it up all the time. I still, right. I still don't know it. <laughs> all right, let's see if you fuck them up. <laughs> we all have names that are like, you can fuck them all up. So this is going to be a big test. Oh great! All, All right, right. And we let's see. Next up, we got uh, Peter Michael Cloutier. That was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Yeah, that was good All enough. Right. Great, and great the last one, I didn't get the last name because it's not on your Instagram. Jonathan, known as John. <laughs> Perfect. Good enough for me. <laughs> you didn't fuck up Jonathan. Good job. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay, so there's Jonathan. Pete, I don't think I, I heard you talk. Uh, can you say hello so the audience knows your voice? Hello, audience. This is Pete Cloutier. <laughs> Yeah, Cloutier. Okay, I got it pretty good. Great. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a, it's been a, a bit of a, a back and forth to, to find time that worked for all of us across the ocean, but uh, we've made it. It's an early Sunday morning for you all. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, it's, it's just before lunchtime over here. <laughs> Which I think in improv speak makes it quite early. Uh, before, in, 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 before, before lunchtime is pretty early for most improvisers, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Forty-five minutes before this started. Pretty know. much, yeah, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I refuse to do anything with when I don't have like two hours of buffer time in between waking up and going to the thing because I'm just not a human being that anyone wants to be around <laughs> when I haven't had time to like have a cup of coffee and read a book and get my mind prepped for the day. So uh, kudos to you for being such a jolly fellow uh, <laughs> with such little preparation. Uh, yeah. We're, we're all faking it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Improvising till you make it. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us, as we said, on a, on a Sunday morning. Um, and we usually like to give our improvisers and our guests a chance to, um, uh, we'd like to give our audiences a chance to get familiar with the improvisers. So we always like to just start with a kind of a general question and give you guys a chance to, yeah, speak at ease. Uh, so I think the most obvious like thing that stands out about about your improv team, Dad's Cologne, is that you've, you've kind of created this very, very funny rather successful Instagram channel. So I thought I'd just give you a chance to talk about that for a second. You know, who, whose idea, what was the genesis of this idea of like, let's create a, a meme Instagram channel and what's been, what are some unexpected results of having a successful Instagram channel? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start with the beginning. So it just started out, we, we, we wanted to make a team that was mostly our friends because we just hung out all the mm. time. <clears throat> and just one day I, I sent a... Uh, like one of the memes we would do. I just sent one to the group chat and it was so funny that we all kind of just started making our own. And then at the time around our theater, it was big for making Instagram accounts for your house team that you just cast. So we made one and started just a post about us. 
and then we just started to really post a lot more memes and it just kind of steamrolled from there yeah it didn't start as a meme page it just started as our teams page team meme um and then eventually we just turned it into memes and the reception we got was absurd with like how many people just started following us and yeah i mean one of the most unexpected things is we're doing a podcast with someone across the sea like <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't usually happen. Um, we've been to multiple festivals where we got recognized just based on our meme page. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's amazing! Like people are like, oh my god, guys, it's dad. Look, look, it's dad's cologne over there. Yeah, it's very strange. Like someone nice. coming up, they're like, uh, I don't. I'm not trying to be weird, but uh, I'm a big fan of your guys' Instagram page. Like, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Out of fame. Yeah. Um, Don't lie. How 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 excellent does that feel to have strangers walk up to me like I love your Instagram. Very validating. Very validating. <laughs> it uh, one time it felt it felt a little weird because a couple people came. It, it was only weird because it was unexpected. I've never had a feeling where uh, like more than three people came up and were all talking to us about it. And I was just so surprised. I was like, oh my god, yeah. I don't even know what to say right now. This is oh, so yeah. cool. We were at this we were at this <laughs> festival and we were in a circle of people, pretty drunk. And then this guy comes and, like, brings five friends up that are all, like, obsessed with our page. And it was, like, very awkward um, because we were just, like, getting ready for a set. And then all these people were just talking to us, like, we we look at your page before we go on stage every time. And it's just like, okay, cool. Wow. (laughs) Rock stars. We've got a little altar uh, in in the the green room. Uh, Yeah, no no big deal. We just, we we, we sacrifice lambs uh, on the altar of Dad's cologne before every show. Can we have a little bit of your saliva? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's it's really really nice. It's really sweet. It's it's cool because we love doing it. And so when other people love it, it it makes it more fun to do because we do like, we do love that people are are looking at them and if they if it's a big deal or they share them with their friends like it's it's yeah. really cool to put something out people like yeah definitely and i'm curious like how much because like social media you know it's a it's a job you know what i mean i mean people are social media managers that's a real legitimate job these days how much time because it, it, i mean how much time is it is it very time consuming this channel that you guys have created it was kind of a scramble every morning Ooh, to come right. up with a good meme and to find a, a good template, a good picture, and then find some way to relate it to improv. So yeah, in the beginning, we were struggling. Like, It was uh, 10.30 and we had to post at 11 and we didn't have anything. <laughs> so yeah, it also, it also took, uh, took a while to yeah, get, get in a rhythm, but also you know, reach out to the people who would want to see it and who do want to see it. So like, Getting getting people to know who 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 we are and what we do and how regular we are with it, um, that that took a, a while mm. and a lot of a lot of group texts, a lot of following, a lot of trying to figure out how Instagram yeah. works. But it has yeah. been very beneficial to, to like understand that side of the world. Like, to what end are you doing? Uh, are you doing this? I mean, obviously, you love improv. You guys have a team, and I, we'll get into the improv side of things as well. But I was I'm so intrigued by like this this Instagram channel that you guys have because it's it's so unusual. I think for an improv team to have sort of this. Yeah. other outlet and I'm I'm wondering like what's the end game for you guys or what is your strategy behind it fame and glory <laughs> <laughs> obviously um, I, don't, I don't know like I, I try to live life without expectations in general it's just very fun for us to do um, and if we weren't friends right. we wouldn't be doing this so yeah you guys see the end of it where it's like the memes being posted but it's like we have a group chat that we're talking in all day every day and so it's like what we're talking about in there is not usually all-encompassing of our page or our team we're all just like bullshitting around and joking it's like oh shit it's 11 o'clock which one do we post we post it Mm -hmm. and then like 
it kind of like stops being business after that. So it's just us just like joking around okay. mostly. So, um, I mean, I didn't see it even getting this popular. So mm-hmm. I have, myself have no expectations for where we're going. It, it started out just we wanted to perform together because we're friends. And then it turned into, man, these memes are fun. We want to have a place to post these. And then it turned into, oh, man, we can get kind of an audience going. This could be fun. And then we ended up getting a, a yeah. show that we put on uh, currently infrequently. But, like, to think, oh, man, we could this could be a show we do regularly, the, the after party. Um, <clears throat> we could do this more often. And then we could travel with it. You know, like, yeah. bu- building to the yeah. this unforeseen place of discovery has been the most rewarding part of this well and there's definitely there's definitely so much room to grow i mean you know we, we just spoke with uh, josh simpson and jake jabor last week uh, who run are you guys familiar with the, the meat improv the podcast you know they they toured europe on on their improv and you know kind of like using you know they have an audience they have reach and they were able to like go set up shows in europe and and do these different festivals and teach at different schools so i mean having an audience can can do so much can be so powerful and if that's you know if you guys want to perform the sky is really the limit once you start you know getting that groove so it's really cool i'm really excited to see where where things go from there do do any of you do any of you have a favorite just a favorite meme that you've got up is is there like a is there a, is there a dad's cologne favorite <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's like how how are we gonna pick from all our babies? It's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we look we look at the likes. Which one has the most likes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't like some of our babies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well. Yeah. Some sometimes some of them get posted with just two out of three uh, nods of I favor this. So some of them we, uh, we're not all on board with. Okay. okay. So you've got you've got you've got some kids in the bunch. You're like, whatever. If that one disappears, I'm not so fussed about it. <laughs> yeah. And if we if we're desperate for a post that day, so what we do is we'll send it to the group message, and at least one other person has to like it. Okay. Um, if both people like it, like three out of three, then we're golden. Auto post. Yep. But sometimes it's like I don't like this one, but you both agreed on it, so cool. Yeah. Let it fly. I've, I've been wrong before. It's fine. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of memes that won't see the light of day because either they're they're not funny or they're inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, inappropriate. Right. yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely skating <laughs> that line. You, you see the cream of the crop. There's a lot of uh, real bad real shit. Duds. Duds. Mm. Yeah, a lot of duds. I'm glad to hear that because I think I think it's so important, you know, in, in art and creativity to be like, yeah, there, you get the finished product, but before the finished product, there is a lot like there's a lot that winds up on the cutting room floor flo- floor of films and Instagram channels, apparently. So, how would you guys how would you guys create create the memes? Like, how would you guys became like a, like meme creators expert? Is there some research happening in the background? Do you have like researchers that you pay to like dig photos, and <laughs> how does that work? I wish. <laughs> uh, that'd be a lot easier. Um, well, like, if we're like desperate for stuff, I'll leak. I mean, I'll just go on Google Image Search and just like look up random photos and try to find an application for it, something relevant to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if we have like a an idea already, or even Pete will just send like the stupidest fucking pictures into our group message. We'll try to make memes out of the pictures that he sent in there. I think we have a shared folder of like 400 templates, and most of them are just random pictures. It seems. So you guys, yeah. you guys are masters of, of reverse engineering. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and uh, there's a lot of good uh, content on Reddit in terms of uh, if you're a meme maker, there's channels or subreddits dedicated <laughs> to helping others uh, learn how to create memes. Uh, the the biggest software that we use is Evernote. Uh, yeah, so once we find an image, we put it in Evernote, and then we kind of add uh, the text ha- on top. Yeah, the text. Nice. 
I I remember having watched a documentary on the on the on the French channel French German channel called Arte here. The documentary was picking memes as a, a, like it is a scientific research topic because memes behave like viruses. Like they will replicate and they will have variation of it and you will try to kill them, but they will kind of like pop up at another unexpected places. <laughs> and they have like a very similar pattern uh, as, as our development as, <laughs> as a disease. It's a weird thing. Oh yeah, Dad's Cologne is definitely a proponent of continuing the virus for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Blake and Henry said Dad's Cologne is a virus. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the grab clip. <laughs> We cut to uh, the Center for Disease Control. Uh, we are we find ourselves in a laboratory. Uh, there are several scientists standing around a table. Uh, everything is white. It's clinical. And one of the scientists is looking down at a piece of paper, shaking his head. Gentlemen, the facts are incontrovertible. Patient Zero is an Instagram channel about memes. No way! I didn't. I didn't mean to follow them. I. I just. I thought. I thought it was funny. It was hilarious. I didn't know it would cause this much trouble. Doctors, how can you be so silly? We've done the research. We had a documentary on RT about it. You knew that this was dangerous. You knew the risks. Once I saw the meme, all the research went out the window. I was just laughing so hard. I had to share it to my friends and family. I sent it to everyone, everyone. And once I was infected, I had to create my own. <gasps> I had, I had to, doctor. Oh, well, well, this well, is this is what I see. I see that this is why you've got this big blank space on your forehead, I and mean, you're carrying around a permanent marker. Am I supposed to make you a meme now? What's going on here? Would that would, would that be funny? Would, would would people like that? I would share that. <laughs> would you share that? Would you share that with everyone? Would people like that? Of course, I would Do share it. that. We would all share it. That's the, exactly the problem, gentlemen. Don't you see? Now, unfortunately for you, if we're going to control this thing, none of you can ever leave this room again. <gasps> uh, but will I have internet access? I'm afraid not. I've taken away your internet access. Ah! I have low data. You'll be able to make all the memes you like, but you'll be unable to share them with the world. Then what's the point? <laughs> Why would I do that? Why? <laughs> Well, isn't there something to be said about making yourselves laugh and finding enjoyment just among yourselves? No! no! Why create art if you can't share it with the world? I'm an artist! You won't receive notoriety for your memes, but the world will know you all in history books as the spreaders of a disease that brought down mankind, potentially. Okay, I'm well, cool. I, That doesn't Come sound that bad. bad. Yeah. Doctors, doctors, have you, have you, have you heard... Have you heard the news? Let me plug the news. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Uh, across the world, in uh, Asia and Europe, uh, people are dying laughing uh, from a verses called memes. We're just making them go nuts all around the places. We are losing half of the world population as we speak. Breaking news coming back soon. My God. Dr. Thomas, what are you doing? Is that a phone? No. Are you, <gasps> How did are you, you get posting that in memes here? right now? I confiscated now? all of that. Dr. Thomas, put down that phone. My God, half of China is gone. Do it, it's sent! It's sent! No! Oh, no. How many likes it again? T turn the news back on. It's going viral. <laughs> this just in, a new meme coming from the Center for Disease Control uh, has spread across Europe. <gasps> France is now gone. All of them died in a fit of laughter. Oh, and no, it seems uh, to be spreading quickly to Italy. We can't stop this virus. We're signing off for the night. That was Channel 8 News. Good luck. Good night. And God save us all. <laughs> Doctors, we need to barricade ourselves. We need to protect ourselves. I think they're, they're going to come for us soon.
They're, they're going to come for us. Don't you understand? We're in the room with patients zero. All three of them right here. You bastards. Your selfishness, your selfish need for likes has brought down mankind. What do you have to say for yourselves? Like and subscribe. <laughs> and see. And see. <laughs> <laughs> we're Henry and Blake. And we're on a mission to empower everyone to become active life improvisers so that together we can build a world in which everyone is excited to play their parts. We use improv as a context for teaching soft skills, hard skills, and everything in between. So if you're curious about how the improv mindset can help you and your team trust more openly, collaborate more effectively, or just get together, blow off some steam, and have a good time, check out our workshops and get in touch with us through our website at henryandblake.com. And if you want to do some improv, check out our meetup page, Improvise Till You Make It. We organize regular drop-in sessions where a bunch of people get together for a few hours to play improv games and have loads of fun. It's open to all improv experience levels, and we usually go for a drink and hang out after. And if you want to see some improv, you can check out our improv team, Skeleton Brains, on a stage near you. We play live English improv shows all across Berlin and further afield, so if you want to find out where you can see us next, check out our Facebook page or our Instagram page at Skeleton Brains. Happy, Happy improvising, improvising, and, and see, see you soon. soon. <laughs> Alright! <laughs> well, that was a good segue. Wow, great. That was very fun. Um, cool. So that, yeah, just to give you a feeling, that's exactly what it should feel like. You know, scenes can go on longer or shorter, but more or less like that. Um, well, we have chatted plenty about your Instagram channel, and congratulations once again on, on the success of it. Glad to see you guys are enjoying it so much, and glad to see that it's opening door for, doors for you. Um, this is a podcast about the improv mindset, and so at some point, I guess it would be wise to talk a little bit about the improv mindset. Today, we're talking about value number 10 from Henry and Blake's Improv Manifesto. So take it away, Henry. Make strong choices. Be bold, daring, and creative in your decision-making. Have faith in your ideas and commit fully to them. Go all in, then adjust as needed. All right. Uh, make strong choices. Value number 10 from Henry and Blake's Improv Manifesto. Gentlemen, uh, I would just like to start by, with a pretty general question. How does this idea of making strong choices, you hear it all the time in coaching, you hear it all the time in, uh, you, re you read it all the time in books and, and things like this. How does making strong choices work on an improv stage and what makes it so important? Well, I feel like um, <clears throat> I've, I've, I'm on a team called Gossip Badge. We do a mono scene. And one of the, the big things that I found is super helpful is when uh, everyone has an established character and then it's you're free for everyone else to start making big choices because it gives everyone a place to follow. It gives you a new direction to go until another big choice is made. So I feel like making a big choice and leading sometimes is the best support move that you can make because it gives everyone something to do. And, w and when you say, yeah, maybe let's clarify even further. What is a strong choice versus a weak choice, for example? Um, just changing the flow, making, uh, making a decision about what's going to happen that everyone is going to be reacting to that is different than what everyone is currently reacting to. I would even piggyback on there and say it's not even about choices sometimes because you can just be completely supportive and that be a bold choice in itself. Um, say like someone goes out there with a really, out, uh, really crazy idea and you just go out to be a support character you don't technically have like an idea that you're bringing to the stage but your support is monumental to them thriving because if you're on if if you're unsure on stage the audience is going to be unsure as well mm. they're looking they're looking to you to dispend disbelief so i think um just going out there with confidence and not questioning yourself is one of my main um goals yeah i think yeah. really uh making a big choice means 
having emotion within your character, mm-hmm. having a feeling towards your scene partner, having a feeling towards the environment y'all are interacting in, and then that will lead to good improv, that'll lead to good life decisions ultimately. <laughs> ultimately, uh, looking into how you feel and cu- kind of discovering that about yourself, then you can kind of make a decision based off that. I, I like what you said, uh, uh, Anthony, when you were saying that uh, when, you, when you're unsure, the audience is unsure. And I think that that kind of leads to my next thought. Like, how does, how does your level of commitment in a choice affect the people you're playing with on a stage? I think it makes it easier for them because um, there's there can be times where people will gravitate towards whoever's on fire that night or if someone's doing particularly well um, to just gravitate towards their moves. But I think if everyone's more confident, it just makes a more gelled and unified uh, group mind happen. Because there's nothing worse than like when you're feeling off and someone's just not giving you much and when you just don't feel like you're like bouncing heads and ideas together well. But if everyone comes out with that just like, unabashed confidence like no matter what you do is not wrong kind of thing i feel like everyone can play with that a lot easier and that gains the support of your teammates mm-hmm. um when you're just not feeling it your teammates can feel that as well and so just acting with that certainty um just helps even if you don't feel it because there's those moments where you can fake it and then make it where it's like i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing but if i just stick to something how how does making strong choices on stage uh, pertain to communication between improvisers? Well, I feel like um, if if you if you're playing with people that you're comfortable with, then if you make a big choice, they're gonna know kind of how you're thinking. They're gonna get an idea of when he when they make choices like this or when they play like this. I can kind of predict where they're gonna go with it. So I feel like if you if you are putting if you are leaning into it, if you are playing confidently and making these bigger choices, um, people know, people kind of know what to expect and it makes it much easier to play within that. Because there are times where, um, with people who I play with all the time, I'll make a, uh, I'll, they'll make a choice and I'll know exactly what they want. Right, but if right. they didn't lean into that giant choice, like really, really lean in, I wouldn't be able to support that uh, because it wouldn't make sense. It would, the audience would be unsure. They would be unsure. Everyone would be unsure. Make a big choice. I'm sure what you're doing, and now I, I can be sure about what I'm going to do. On the other side of that, too, sometimes when you're playing with people, and like, like when I play with these guys, I don't have to make as big of choices because like we know each other well. And so it's like there can be a scene that starts off with a minute of silence, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, where it's like sometimes... Um, at least in our theater, uh, we play with people that we don't regularly play with all the time. Depending on what show it is or what we get cast in, sometimes it might be the first time I ever played with this person. So I think when you're playing with strangers, um, that's when the bold and big choices matter most, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you don't, you're not comfortable um, or you don't know this person's moves or how they're brain works really so when they really lay it on the table like that's my idea here's my thing it really helps for you to like piggyback and jump off that where it's like when it's someone i've been playing with for years i kind of know the inner workings of their minds and their moves so i they can give me less which can turn into more just based on how i know they are as performers it gives you a chance to really build together and when you're playing with someone you don't know you have to build you have to use bigger blocks but when you're playing with someone you know very well you can trust that you can use smaller blocks because they're not going to step on your idea what you're building you have a chance to 
be quiet for a minute and do some object work and really set things up. Yeah. And I think uh, like a big part of communication is dropping those specific, dropping those details. Mm -hmm. That way your, your scene partners or scene partners have something to play with as well. You're not just starting a scene with ambiguous initiation and then they don't really know how you're feeling or the emotion that's coming behind your character. So I think really just being specific about it and I think that leads itself to real life as well. When you're communicating with someone, you want to be specific. You don't want to you don't want to just leave it leave a conversation to be open ended at the end. You want to kind of want a conclusion. So yeah, and then the 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 details thing is super fun because uh, some of the, some of the best things or the best jokes or moves are these small details that are just spawn from establishing such a strong character that when your teammates pick up on those details and then everyone can pick up on those details and it, it just becomes like so much more clear of a scene that you can get down to small details. How challenging is it to learn to make strong choices and to like and to really commit to those choices on an improv stage? I think it's not intuitive. Um, um, some people just grasp onto that, but there's those like I I've noticed through teaching and through like performing with like more green players that there are those cliche beginner moves like negating a lot or getting into arguments, not knowing the person who you're in the scene with. So all those kind of stem from a bit of control, but not really a choice in the same sense. Where yeah. it's just like, it's just how can I be on top? How can I take care of myself? Which um, I think is the natural inclination for new players. So it's not something to look down on because I mean, that's how I started out. That's how most people start. Yeah. So I think those, those big moves just come with time, watching shows where you see big moves work. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, that's why that was funny, because he was a hot dog, and he really performed well being a hot dog, instead of someone coming out and with, like, some random idea that they don't they don't even support their own idea. They like, they're like, I'm a hot dog. Maybe. Um, I don't know. We, um, we cut to a scene where a kid is talking to his mother about what he wants to be for Halloween this year. <laughs> Mom! Mom! I want to be a hot dog this year. A sabrette hot dog. You're a hot dog every year, Michael. How about you pick a new costume this year? <laughs> it's the only one I have, and it's my favorite food, so that's what I'm going with again this year. I'm calling your father in here, and he's not going to be happy to hear that you're going to be a goddamn hot dog again, Michael. Jerry! Jerry! What? Get in here! I'm watching the game! Don't make me cut the goddamn power again. Get in here. Oh, Christ. What? Guess what your son wants to be for Halloween this year. Don't. Don't. Don't tell me you're going to be a hot dog. He wants to be a hot dog. Uh, again with the, the meats. <laughs> I want to be a hot dog, Dad. This is a vegetarian household. Why don't you be a nice cauliflower or something? <laughs> well, you know, I, I have a confession to make. I When I went down to the ballpark with Uncle Fred and Aunt uh, Mary Ellen... Don't you, I, dare, don't you dare say it. I had one of those all-beef uh. franks. And it was so tasty and... <laughs> I know I went as a veggie dog in previous years, but I, 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 I want to be... A real I'll be frank this year. You're no son of mine! Cynthia, where did we go wrong? <laughs> oh my god. I can't I can't I can't believe it. We we have to get rid of our son. We have to get rid of him. We have to 
We have to get rid of our son. We have to turn him into a hot dog. Well, I, I knew this was going to happen, so I already discussed with uh, Uncle Fred and Aunt Mary Ellen, and they said I could move in with them. I bet they said that. All the hot dogs I can ever want. Good. And they said I could dress up like a hot dog every day, not even, not just Halloween. Cynthia, your sister's been out for us ever since we announced that we were going to be vegetarian forever. Ding dong. Oh, God. The trick-or-treaters are here. (sighs) Go get the door, Michael. You already look like a goddamn idiot. (laughs) Mom, it's it's not trick-or-treaters. It's Uncle Fred and Aunt Mary Ellen. Hello. Hey, hi guys. Hey, Michael. How hi, are Rachel. you? No, you look at me when you answer my door. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, hi. So, uh, we take it that Michael has told you the big news. He'll be moving in with us. You'll be wanting to get rid of him because you're small-minded and can't appreciate the fact that some people have different dietary choices than you. Yep, come here, Michael. You shut your mouth. How dare you? In my house! Well... We won't be staying here very long. Did you, Michael? Honey? Yeah. I yeah. Can I have all my stuff packed up and uh, yeah? Uh, can we can we go now? I I don't want to be in this house any longer. Well, we certainly can, but we're gonna need you to slip into that hot dog costume before we go. Now you know don't, that's that's don't how you. this is gonna work. Not under this roof. Not under this roof. <laughs> Why you can't you just accept your son for the meat eater that he is? It's not a crime to like meat. Not. You're right. But it makes me sick. Michael, you go slip into those buns one last time. All right, I'll be right back. Get the car running, okay? We get it. We get also ketchup and mayonnaise, Michael. Jerry, listen. I know that we did not get off on the greatest foot, okay? But as your sister-in-law, I just feel that... I feel you're throwing your son away at a time when he most needs you. But we want to nurture. You brought a charcuterie board to our wedding. What the hell? It it's all the rage in France. We're just trying Day to bring some culture. Day We're, one, you were out to get me, and now you take my son away. Listen, I don't want to hear. Next thing, you're going to be blaming me for your son's desire to be a hot dog. Okay, I'm not to blame for your son's desire to be a hot dog. I just want to make sure that he has a loving environment in which he can be the fullest hot dog he wants to be. Cynthia, do you hear this garbage? What do you have to say? This is your blood. This is your blood. She makes some good points. What? What? Maybe yeah, how about, guys, we all reunited. I I just prepared some hot dogs, so... We, we thought maybe you could... Maybe you could, like, the, the peace hot dog, we thought. The I'll peace hot dog. One. What? How dare you? Slap! Uh. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. I'm out of here. Yes. Michael, you do you have come an extra suit? I'm back. I'm changed. I have an you, extra suit for you, Mom. <gasps> okay. You ridiculous. Well, Jerry, you, you can just, you've made your bed. You can just lie in your meat meatless bed while the rest of us are ha- laughing it up over in Hot Dogville. That sounds great. I have no family. Not anymore, you don't. And this is your own doing. Hot dogs. Everybody loves a hot dog, Jerry. Nobody loves a salad. <laughs> and see. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Just about to call it.
Oscar Mayer commercial, but I didn't know if that was the time. Uh, <laughs> Oscar Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know that I've I don't I don't know that I've ended a scene with just somebody crying. I'm it's sort of artistic in a way. It's kind of beautiful. <laughs> I mean, how um, else do you heighten uh, something like that? I feel like I just got to get more sad. Yeah, that's it. Meanwhile, um, Anthony eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a vegetarian hot dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fruit of hot dogs. The fruit of hot dogs. The, the hot dog. Yeah, hot exactly. Dog of fruit. Banana. The hot dog of fruits. Go log in on Instagram for our uh, next post where you will see the banana. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like this this idea of making strong choices is applicable offstage as well? And if so, like in what way? I think so. Um, it's so weird being, to having been doing improv for years now. I don't really notice the change it's made in my like social life. But I remember when I first started, um, first it was all I could talk about, probably to an annoying level. But <laughs> you also, and every everyone else who ever ever started taking improv. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you guys heard of this? It's amazing. <laughs> it's um, changing my life. But I remember uh, when I first started, like the way I would listen to people more and like uh, contribute to conversations based off of what people have said, not just my own ideas, was a very monumental revelation. Um, but I think even with the bold choices thing. Um, having that like onstage experience, it does translate over into normal social life where I think at least for, in my stake, I am more confident in like choices I'll make or, mm-hmm. I, I mean, for most people doing improv, like you don't get embarrassed that easy. So you're, you're able to like put yourself out there in situations where some people wouldn't just because they don't want to come off a certain way where it's like having this experience for years, you kind of just lose that ego in situations where you're like, I'm just going to say something because I think it can contribute to the conversation regardless of how I look as my own individual self. Um, So I think those bold choices do translate um, based on just your own ability to not really give a shit how it's taken. Yeah. I think another cool aspect of that, um, because that was pretty much how I feel about how performing affects you when you are interacting I feel like um, accomplishing, like doing doing shows and and being successful and in in that really helps you to take on other tasks. I feel like I feel more confident doing doing different things, like uh, doing like I have my own podcast. Like doing my podcast felt way easier when I had this perspective of like I I can do this, I can succeed. I have put myself out there and it's been good. So. I'm less afraid of things going bad, so I put myself out there more probably when talking to people or doing 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 other tasks, I guess. Yeah, and I think all, all it comes down to is when you make a big choice, you're taking a risk, and if you take risks mm-hmm. in your real life, um, that's where you get somewhere. Not ultimately not being afraid to fail, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that's why they don't make big choices. That's yeah. why they don't take risks in their life because they're comfortable uh, just playing the same character on stage over and over again. They don't want, there's a risk to go out there and play this new character that you have never done in front of an audience and you don't know the reception you're going to get. There's also a risk in real life when you ask for a promotion or you, but that's a big choice you're making. Um, You're putting yourself out there Mm because you might get rejected. The audience might not laugh. So I think there are a lot of parallels there between improv and real life. I think this is really uh, a, a nice point, this idea of people are afraid to make big choices, but what... What makes that difficult? What What are things that stand in the way of people making committed choices? I think 
people take their own ideas and their own opinions too seriously. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have an idea that's not well received, you attach your own identity to it. You're like, oh, that idea was bad. That means I'm bad. Okay. And so I think big choices come with um, having having to deal with the reception not being what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like everything. I mean, in school, I did advertising, um, and so it's like even in school, like you would come uh, to class with a big proposal for like an advertising idea, and then we would just get shit on all class, like <laughs> the te- the teacher just being like, "No, that sucks, this idea, yada yada yada." So it's like kind of, um, it's very uh, what's a good word for it? Um, vulnerable. It's very vulnerable to have a big choice and then it not to be received well. So I think that's something that improv at least does help with that is um, your vulnerability is met with support a lot. And so in the real world, it's not necessarily like that, but it does help having that onstage experience and just like that community experience where you're able to let go again of the identity to your own ideas and your own opinions. I feel like also to kind of jump on the support aspect of that, in real life, it's like, uh, I hang out with a lot of improvisers because I'm here all the time and like mm. I, these people are like such good friends of mine. Um, in conversation, I notice when I'm talking to like sometimes when I'm not speaking to someone who has this kind of same perspective with like if I say something or if I make a dumb joke, like oftentimes it will be supported by like an improviser. Like they, I won't feel dumb for saying something. Whereas yeah. sometimes I might say to like someone I work with and they're just like, what? What? I don't know what you're, what is that <laughs> happening? And I'm like, oh, now I feel, I didn't realize I, I would feel dumb making that choice. But I'm not afraid to, like, I guess make weird choices anymore. Yeah, and I think one of the things that comes up for a lot of people that when they're about to make a b- big choice or a decision in their life is self-doubt. They're always in their head, just uh, kind of telling this story that probably doesn't even exist. And uh, if you do that on the sides during an improv show, you're never going to get out there. So it basically take action rather than thinking over something too much rather than over analyzing a situation make the move see if it works if it doesn't work then it doesn't work but at least you tried also a big thing on that is uh you were saying earlier like being making a big choice but being able to let go and recognize like oh this is no longer my scene this mm. is this scene isn't going the direction i thought it was going to go they made a choice and now it's going this direction i have to jump on board and like that's that's the new reality i guess it, it helps you kind of go with the flow and and adapt better. Part of the, this value, making strong choices, uh, talks about having faith in your ideas and committing fully to them. Um, what are I think for the for the people out there who have difficulty having faith in their ideas? I mean, how how do you guys? We all have that. We all have fears. We all get worried. We all get nervous, um, especially about making big choices in our lives. And I wonder, do you have any strategies for like having faith in your ideas and keeping faith in your ideas and staying out of your head too much? Um. Uh, going back to what I said earlier is just not attaching your own identity to your ideas mm. just because it just because it came through your head it doesn't mean it is you mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's a lot of thoughts that happen in our heads that we don't attach our identity to but then the ones that tend to uh, fuck up or like mess up a little bit they're like ah oh, that was me but not when it was something that was like really good yeah like People can say so many things and you don't think twice about it, but the second it's between your own ears, you add so much more weight to it. So mm-hmm. I would say just just like unabashedly keep making those big choices because eventually something's going to stick. I mean, I have a million ideas a day and maybe two of them actually lead to something. 
Um, but it's all that trial and error. Do you ever hesitate? Do you ever hesitate before you like start bringing some of these ideas to life? Do, is do you, are there moments of hesitation that you have? Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know and, what rhyme or reason brings me to. I, I guess it's all it, it, ideas are a very ambiguous term. It could be like, hey, I want to start a nonprofit versus, hey, I should text this person. So it's like there is a, <laughs> yeah. a very uh, large spectrum of what an idea could be. Interestingly, sometimes texting that person seems like the much scarier, bigger choice than uh, starting a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was what I was into. <laughs> um, and so uh, I guess, I mean, I hesitate too, just as much as everyone else does. But I hesitation not doing an idea serves no one especially you uh there's this book that i read called big magic by i don't know her name whoever made that like eat pray love book mm. um it, it was very like whatever but like one idea that she proposed in there was that ideas are this their own entity in themselves and they will come to you and if you don't manifest it they'll go to someone else and so that's the big thing i took mm. away from that book is ideas are not you they're like a floating thing that has its own life form and they come to you as like a, you're a medium channeling that idea. And if you do not manifest it, it will be manifested somewhere else. So that's one thing I've liked to think about with ideas. It's like, ooh, it came to me. I got, I got this idea. Will oh. I make something with it or will I not? <laughs> it's like a little fairy that just lands upon your shoulder like a butterfly in the woods. Like, oh, ooh, the idea has chosen me. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I would say once, uh, before I started doing improv, before I do, started doing comedy, uh, I, I feel like there was that all that hesitation there. But uh, once I, I've found, once I've taken action over and over again, and I've fallen on my face, I've bombed stand-up set after stand-up set, I've bombed improv set after improv set, and... Yeah, Pete's not funny. Yeah, I'm not funny. Uh, and, <laughs> And once you fall on your face, uh, once you fall on your face a lot, and that kind of becomes a new normal, it's not that bad. Like you learn from failure, and and that's the only way to get better is to fail. So I feel like that that leads itself where why people don't try and don't big, make big choices because they think they're gonna fail. And of course you're gonna fail, but you got to go out there and keep doing it, mm -hmm. and you, then you get better and better, and still gonna fail. But the chances of you failing, the percentages of you failing, go down. I guess so, also I would I would rather fail and try than like just have a what if. Oh yeah. Like, I wonder if that yeah. would have gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what uh, and what about you, Jonathan? Do you have any sort of strategies for? So we've got you know just uh, like seeing an idea, like st stripping away your ego and not being afraid of like oh if the idea fails then I fail. And then there's just the idea of like learning to get comfortable with failure. Do you have any other sort of ways in which you sort of because I, I assume you as well have these moments of hesitation and doubt. How do you get through them? How do you power through that? I think for the most part, with um, having done a lot of different shows and um, like, I, I, I think specifically with, with my podcast, it's like, why do I do this? What's the point? What's the growth for me? What am I getting out of this? Like, um, I like to put sometimes put it in the hands of like, okay, well, if I'm going to make this big choice, if I'm going to do this, I want to at least make sure I'm enjoying it. I want to love what I'm doing. So it's like sometimes I'll make big choices for me just so I'm like this is what I need to make. So I, I found that reassigning it to like val uh, benefiting me has been something that has helped me feel comfortable making bigger choices because then I can find what's fun within that and keep doing it and do, do more of this or do more of that. And 
uh, feel comfortable trying new things. Like maybe this will be for me. Maybe I'll find fun in this. Yeah. Uh, and if I don't, then I don't do it again. But if I do, I'm like, oh, cool. I can do that anytime I want now and it'll be fun. Yeah. I'd love to hear a story or uh, an anecdote from your own life of, of a time where you had to make a big choice and the outcome, whether it was good or bad, doesn't matter. I'm just curious. I'd love to just hear your own experience and like going out in the world and making strong, big choices. I mean, I'm sure we could all find some sort of story about how we like took the, took a big choice starting improv. Um, it, uh, I believe for all of us, just generally while they think is like it, it all happened out of the blue it just kind of started we took a class and then immediately we were hooked and uh, I mean that's like that's there's no bigger choice than committing to eight weeks of classes and then a show um, and then wanting to do more of it I think I think that was like a, a huge huge choice doing that for sure <laughs> we we cut to <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at my own idea. <laughs> we cut to uh, a military strategy room. Uh, the president is is uh, surrounded by his top generals, and uh, they're all asking him uh, for his advice on on some certain matters. Uh, Mr. President, now we we need you to make a decision here. I, uh, we need to decide what to do about this problem with this this country over here. We need to decide what to do about France. Do we? Do we launch the nukes or do we not? I don't know. I'm a Libra. I just, I'm so indecisive. Oh, okay, Mr. President. Now, that that's... We respect your astrological signs, but... I mean, my God, when we saw your CV and we'd seen that you committed and signed up to a full eight-week eight improv course, we thought for sure you were the man for this job. If anyone can, can be president, it's, it's somebody who's willing to commit to the... The craziest idea in the world: signing up for an eight-week class and a one and a, and a show. Miss, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, you go ahead, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. There's some sexual tension with me and uh, Barbara over here. I know. Yes. We've been seeing it all day. Can Mr. you President? please just fuck each other, or get it and get it get it over with, or get or or be professional for God's sake? We'll be professional for now. Okay. Well, then take your hand out of his pants. Thank you. My God. Mr. President, Mr. should we bring out your paper fortune teller? Ah, uh, yes, please. Okay. Pick a number, okay. one through eight. Uh, five. <laughs> I love this. Mr. President, surely there must be a better way. Let the paper fortune do its job, okay? Or I'm going to yes. demote you to major. Oh, dear God, no. Pick a color, red, blue, green, or yellow. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, uh... Uh, well, I'm wearing blue, so blue. <laughs> try again later. Oh, uh, try again later. We well, this is an uh, urgent matter. It's very pressing, Mr. President. We need a decision. The French are, line are amassing on the German border. They're sending ships across the Atlantic, sir. Corporal, what does my horoscope say? Corporal, Corporal. speak up. Uh, um, so, Libra. Um, Will you get your hands out of his pants as well, for God's sake? What is going on in here? He's so handsome. It's so, so cold in this room. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just read through it. All right. Libra, uh, you will wake up this morning and have very important choices, choices to make. Uh, okay, okay. You, right. will, you will have to circle and ask around to two people with their hands in their pants the answer scary accurate what's my um who's my match today which sign is my match today mr president please mr um, president taurus 
Ooh, which one of you is a Taurus? Mr. President, as the only woman in this room, I have a few things to say. It's you. You're the Taurus. Okay, I'm listening. I love it when Barbara takes charge and really... As the general of your entire armed forces, Mm. I say, bomb the shit out of France. They deserve it. Oh. I can see why you're attracted to Barbara. (laughs) She's a go-getter. Put your... That's the... That's the kind I, of commitment we need in this army. My God, Mr. President, you could, you could take a page from her book. Well, then... Okay, I'm, I'm almost ready to decide. I just... <sighs> Mr. President, if I can read also, I read on your horoscope that it says uh, a, lot of croissant, uh, a lot of croissant pieces all around. You will eat breakfast and you will have croissant, croissant pieces everywhere. You've got, some, you've got some croissant in your beard, Mr. President. It's true. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to embarrass you. Well. All right. Well, you said you're nearly ready to make a decision. Uh, I have already uh, prepared the ceremonial coin. As we know, you love to make your final decision on the flip of a coin, Mr. President. Uh, we present it here to you. Um, I just... Mr. President? Okay. Let's, uh, let's flip the coin. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Landed on its side. Oh, oh God! God. <laughs> Let, okay, let's go back to the let's go back to the, the the fortune teller. It said try again later. Is it later? It oh, is later. It's later. <laughs> Pick a number one through eight, Mister President. Oh my What's God, my lucky number? What's my horoscope number today? Corporal, uh, horoscope number quickly. Four. Four. One, two, three, four. Uh, color. Uh, Mister President. Mr. President, Philadelphia has just been bombed by the French uh, the French Armada coming across the Atlantic. Quickly, so we must make a decision. He picked blue, which is the same as last time. No! Try again later. No. Oh, Mr. See. President, blue, it's always the same. And see. Audio came in nicely. <laughs> oh, it was great. I did not think about the fact that you picked the same color once again. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was <laughs> Looks like politics nowadays, really. <laughs> Goodness. Um, I'm blue, so that's real. And I am a Libra. What do you know? Great. Slice of life comedy. <laughs> um, quick, quickly, um, unless anyone kind of thought of a, 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 um, a situation in which in which they made a big choice that mattered. I'm curious as well, you know, we talked about how does making a committed choice on an improv stage affect you and affect the people around you. What is that like in life? I mean, when you are faced with a decision and you're waffling versus when you're just like, I'm doing this thing, what are some of the things like, wh- yeah, what are some of the outcomes of being more committed and, and say waffling more? I think the biggest in terms thing of the- I, I can say is like, I notice. <clears throat> specifically from improv how detrimental like waffling is like it 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 it's prevents you from editing it prevents you from joining a scene then it's too late then the scene's gone on too long yeah um, if you if you're waffling in real life you're just like wallowing in your choices instead of actually making progress towards making a decision uh, just make a decision I don't know it's it's easy to say but like when I go when I when I'm faced with indecisiveness I'm typically very indecisive so I, I try to when I when I notice I'm waffling I'm like okay let's just be decisive let's let's Figure out a way to get through this quickly so I can proceed with the show or the my life, I guess. 
Yeah. I've never heard the verb waffling. Yeah. And now it was like <laughs> ten, 10 times in the last 30 seconds. Oh, it's yeah. It's waffling, it, waffling. Th- this show uh, is a lot more than just improv chat. I mean, we get we get into some very high literary talk here. So waffling, a new a new word for you to bring on stage. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, a, it's a third reference of breakfast so far. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, sorry. I got totally caught off guard by that. Um, I would say... Uh, just making those big choices in general too is a lot more validating just knowing you tried something Mm -hmm. new Um, because the best things I've ever done in my life have all been something that I just tried Um, and like you never know what you're going to like or dislike and I'm a person that really like puts my fingers in a lot of different pots um, just to I love having hobbies and I love doing stuff and so if we never put ourselves out there we really don't find out what we like um, i went on a date with someone a couple days ago and congratulations her, say what congratulations oh it, it didn't go well <laughs> oh it didn't go well still congratulations <laughs> you you went on the date you got the date that's uh, as as somebody who's like in the dating scene i'm just like this is so f- i would rather just be single for the rest of my life than fucking go through this minefield it's awful i hate it so congrats on, I, on i'm doing not that. a fan as well but the thing <laughs> is too like, um, I try to, like, play my cards real loosely at the beginning just to, like, not talk about everything I doing, I'm doing because it seems so overwhelming sometimes. And especially when, like, this person, I'm like, so what do you like to do? And she was like, um, I, d- I don't do anything. I was like, are you, st- like, if you, if you had a week off of work, <laughs> what would you do with your time? She's like, honestly, I'd probably just sit at home and do nothing. I was like, how the fuck are, like, people out here <laughs> doing nothing with their time? So it's like, I think people like that could really benefit from just going out there and trying something new just making a choice yeah. and doing making and a doing choice it. and like hey i'm gonna randomly go to this thing because yeah. it interests me i'm gonna yeah. take this salsa dancing class because i don't know how to dance but fuck it like maybe i'll meet yeah. someone cool there Be or, cool to dance yeah yeah and to add on to that it's definitely really easy to just be comfortable in something you're doing you're you go to your day job you come home you watch netflix that's what you do every night and you kind of just get into a routine and then that just becomes your life you're not challenging yourself and you're not making decisions because you already know what you're going to do each each day so yeah, you're right. not you're, yeah you're not you're not able to grow as a person if you keep doing the same thing over and over again you know? so i guess that's a good um, segue from there uh, making big choices changes who you are as a person mm-hmm. where it's like especially in this age group we're in now we're just kind of getting into that routine life of like job like do your thing everything's like regimented perfectly for like your time schedule and I feel like this is like that perfect time for us to go out there and try new things because it does change you. It like changes the shit you're doing. It changes like the way you view the world. And we're at this very like unique time in our lives where we're like, it's we're kind of like out of the child like child phase and like not truly into the like serious adult phase. I mean, but but we've become enough of a person where we can go out and do these hobbies or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like actually get into them. I have the time. I have the resources. Mm-hmm. I know what I have to do. Otherwise, I'm good everywhere else. Now I can get into this hobby. Now I can do this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. I understand people's perspective in, in when they say they they're comfortable in where they're at because there are pressures that you feel as a human being from outside sources when you are making big choices. When you aren't kind of, you're kind of going against the grain. You're not getting married. You're not having kids at, at the time that when your parents want you to, or you're you're not focusing on your career. You're kind of, you're you're more focused on what you're doing podcasts. outside of your yeah. You're focused <laughs> on improv all the time. I'm making improv memes. That's all you want to do. But no, but I think there is. You kind of should find a balance. You should find a balance of 
your day job and your hobbies. And then I think they both feed off each other and you can grow yeah. in both. Yeah. I like this idea of being making big choices really kind of defining who you become. Like they, they the you know, you make a choice and it, it has an impact on who you become and the way you develop or not, you know, like the way you the way the, or the lack of development that you have. It's a really interesting idea. I will also say that like with um, with making big choices, everyone is faced with making big choices, whether it's a, a it's a small as an improv team or in life. And so if no one's making big choices, then no choice. Nothing is ever going to get done. Mm. So people have to make choices. And so being, I guess, one person to start that or just make a choice where there is no choice. Uh, it feels good because the people around you, you, you surround yourself with people who make choices or you help people make choices. And it just kind of begets positive change. Yeah, and I wonder, uh, like, when you're when you're being fully committed, when you're making committed choices versus when you're waffling, how does that impact the people around you, like the people that you're in relationships with or working with? I mean, what is the impact it has on them when you are unable to make a decision or when you're able to act quickly? I feel like it puts the pressure on them to make decisions. I'll start there. I feel like that's, mm. if you don't make a decision on a team, let's say, someone else has to. And yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. instead of, making like okay you have to you, uh, we just edited someone else has to start this because i don't want to make a big choice mm -hmm. whereas if you just make a big choice it's easy to jump off not even <clears throat> just not like, even just improv too yeah. like there's that saying that you are the five people you hang around most um mm -hmm. so i feel like if you are a big decision maker you will naturally um attract those that kind of make those choices too because it'd be hard for you to be the one person in a group of five that is inactive or not doing shit with themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is a very infectious energy to have to be a go-getter and a person that goes out and does things with, um, with themselves because that is something that I feel like most people find as an attractive quality in a person, mm -hmm. um, something that they would yeah. themselves yeah. like to do. So I I think it would only have positive, positive benefits as in benefits are positive. Um, uh, they, would only, they would uh they would only have um benefits in the sense of if you're making those choices the people around you will naturally start making bigger choices too and then also um if not you will weed those out of your group of people mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the biggest choices you can make in life is knowing when a relationship or a friendship isn't the best for you at this time anymore it's toxic it's negative it's taking away from your life and so you need to make a change. And I think you'll, you grow as a person, like just like Anthony was saying, um, who you hang out with, who you're in relationships with. So you, 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 that's like, the, I think that's, that's the, one of the biggest choices that people don't make. They, they stay in a relationship or they, they're, still with, they're still with somebody or, a or friends with somebody that is bringing them down. And yeah. ultimately you gotta make that choice to not put up with anymore and move on. Sometimes the only thing you have in common with someone is your past. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that hurt. That hurts. That hurt. Hearing that out loud, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got. To, I've just called seven of my relationships currently into question. Great. Thanks for that very much. I, I, something that I find really uh, amazing about um, like making big choices on an improv stage is that once you make a decision, all right, I am a kid who wants to dress up as a hot dog for Halloween, period. That's who my character is. Then everyone in the scene can rally around that. Be like, cool, that's who you are. How can I help you be the best kid who wants to dress up as a hot dog possible? You know, how can I make this scene about that? How can I help you with that? And I'm realizing the more that I 
you know, use this idea of making big choices in life, the same, the same thing happens. When you start having more committed, like uh, when you commit more fully to the ideas that you have in life, I find suddenly people are way more, not only more willing, but more able to help you. You know, the people around you, when you're not waffling, when they just hear you say, I'm going to start an improv podcast. Oh, great. Let me know if you need to borrow some equipment. I'm going to help you. Uh, I'll happily give you some equipment. Oh, you want to start an improv podcast? Well, let me know if you want to sit down and have coffee and I'll tell you about my experience with a podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like once I start, like the power of making a committed choice, as you said, when you're not deciding, then people have to decide for you. So you're putting the work on them. And when you do start making committed choices, then people are suddenly able to help you. People are happy to be like, cool, that's what you're doing. Oh, I know how to help you with that decision. I know how to help you with that committed idea. And, and it's kind of like the, the five the five people you're hanging around with. You're going to surround yourself with people who, I, I the way I guess I've gone about it, is people who do things. Like this, the community we're in with improv is like, you kind of have to, you have to put in a good amount of work on your own. So mm. we're constantly around people who make big choices, people who are go-getter, mm. people who have hobbies and do these things and are busy. So it is, uh, it is beneficial to yeah be around people like that all the time and, and grow and, and bounce off of that. Because I mean, it's not, it's not always easy to make big choices, but when you when you surround yourself with people who do, you become someone who naturally just makes bigger choices. And I yeah. think that's also a benefit and a bias to being in this community because I would argue you, a lot you mean the improv community specifically yeah the improv community specifically okay. because I would say a lot of people just tend to be followers and so a lot of people in this community are not followers they're like trailblazers and like like you said make a podcast or like I mean everyone and their mother in this theater wants to make their own show and it's mm. like casting people for shows or hey you want to join this team do you want to do this thing with me it's a lot of people recruiting other people to do stuff and a lot of people follow through with it where outside of this community i do notice a lot of like people drag their feet they have an idea but they're not going to push through with it or it's all this all this work yada yada where it's like even with you two i mean you've been like very uh helpful with getting this podcast with mm -hmm. us going where it's like a lot of people will be like ah shit that didn't work Fuck it. We'll find someone else. <laughs> Ciao. Have a good day. Not only through weeks of scheduling, but like a good 30 minutes of trying to get it to where we could do it. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. the technical difficulties. It's true that being in an improv community, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how humbling it is. Everyone you know, and like it's the same here in Berlin, the improv community here, everyone is doing 10 shows, 10 podcasts. They all are like freelancers and entrepreneurs. They're constantly coming up with new ideas, new formats. It's... It's it's hard not to compare yourself, but I think the the the, the which can be a bit of a downside. But the plus side is mm. just as you said, yeah, it is really inspiring. I mean, this podcast was sort of inspired by a friend of ours who has her own improv podcast, yeah. etc. Like, and it does create that upward spiral, and I really Julia love that. Julia Joubert, if you listen, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, I'm referring to Julia Joubert uh, of What's the Matter fame. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the same way the same way that it's easy for people to play with you when you make strong choices, and if if it's the same for the people around you, like suddenly, yeah, it's just a leveraged power thing, right? It's just like if everyone is clear in their intentions, suddenly it just blows some, yeah, yeah. multiplying. Yeah, and effect. I think, and I think the the most uh, the most interesting people to talk to are the people who are passionate about something, and I think the most uh, the most interesting people to watch on stage are the characters that are passionate about an idea, passionate about a perspective, passionate through through their emotions, they're just heightening their emotions. So I think, yeah, it all leads itself to being passionate about something, kind of being creative, trying to make something instead of kind of 
be, being happy with the status quo and being comfortable where you are. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, guys, I hate to wrap this up. I'm enjoying this so thoroughly, uh, but I know that, uh, uh, Anthony, you have to leave. So In five minutes. Um, let me see if there is... Cool. Uh, so what, what we usually like to do is um, we love to just play like a short improv game just to kind of wrap things up. Uh, so we tried this last week uh, with, with Jake and Josh and it did not work at all. So I would like to try it this <laughs> week because we had, we had unlike, unlike with us, uh, when we were recording this podcast with uh, Jake and Josh in, in L.A., we had no technical issues until the very, 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 very end. And then right when we were wrapping the show up, we tried to play this game, but we didn't really it got to the place where we could see and hear them. And they could see us, but no, we could see them, but we couldn't hear them. Yeah. And they could see us and hear us. We were like, you guys just play the game, which we kind of half explained. And what came out of it is <laughs> not exactly how the game is supposed to work. It's still really <laughs> funny. But I thought we'd give the game another try this time around. So um, we'd like to play a game called Jeopardy. You guys are familiar with the game show Jeopardy. In essence, the game works like this. Someone's going to ask, someone's going to give an answer, and that can be a word, a date, it can be uh, a person, it can be a color, it can be anything you want. And somebody else then has to give a question that would be the question with which has that thing as the answer. So, uh, I don't. I was thinking maybe we could actually play this in a game show style because we have so many people here. <laughs> um, so let's let's see if that works. Um, I'll start by giving uh, an answer. Do you want to do, do just one in one, or do you want to do like Jeopardy and have three people do the questions? I I was thinking, yeah, maybe what we'll try is I'll give an answer, and then you guys are racing to give a good to give the question. <laughs> so on hands on your buzzers, gentlemen. Here we go. Um, All right. And the answer is six fingers and a, and beard trimmings. Um, what is the worst improv team name that I've heard today? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Great. All right. And now, now you get the joy of, as the, as the winner, you get to give an answer, and we will all have to guess. Wet, um, wet noodle. What did my dad call me when I went and tried out for football practice? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not true. I never tried out for football practice, though. I don't. I, I don't suppose he. He probably thought he I just was called you that all the time anyway. <laughs> just wet noodle, get in here. Okay. Uh, guys, before you have to run, uh, why don't you? Thank you, first of all, so yeah. much for being here. This that has been amazing. really, really fun, really insightful. Uh, really had a blast. Um, would love to let you guys just take a chance, plug anything you want, anything you want our listeners to know about, anything you guys would like to plug before you go. Uh, want to give a, a big thanks, first of all, to Henry and Blake for having us on the show. We had a blast, and man, I can't, can't thank them enough. Uh, and then I want to extend that thanks to everyone who has been a part of our community over the past year. Um, it has been just an insane amount of support and an insane amount of fun um, getting to do this. And we're just so grateful for everyone who follows, likes, comments, any, any engagement, anything. It's just, it's just so validating, so fun. And we're just really looking forward to a, a very fun 2020. And uh, we hope you're all off the ride. So check us out uh, on Instagram. That's really the only plug we have. Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe more stuff will be coming out. So uh, stay in the loop. Um, Thank you again for listening, and, and also thank you again 
Henry and Blake for having us. So great. That's uh, Instagram at Dad's Cologne. Yeah, you guys have been such a pleasure to work with. And even though this took us a little while to organize, it's been really, really easy working with you guys. It's been really fun. So I can attest anyone who's interested in getting in touch with Dad's Cologne, do it. They're great guys, uh, as you know. And now you know how funny they are as well. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, just before we go, I'd like to say to all of our fans and all of our listeners out there, if you like the show, if you're enjoying it, please, please feel free to rate it. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It does help people find the podcast. So you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to this podcast on it would certainly mean a lot to us if you'd give us a good rating uh and a good review and uh be sure to tell your friends about it as well you can follow us on instagram at at, at henry and blake we have a lot of improv stuff on there and always about all the uh, all the ways we're spreading the different ways we're spreading the improv mindset through our classes our workshops uh our improv tips and life ideas if you're based in the berlin go on meetup.com improvise till you make it Ah uh, yes, you can come do some improv with us. We have a drop-in session every. Uh, well, you've heard about that already on the on the in the commercial, but we've got a drop-in <laughs> session. <laughs> we uh, great. Uh, anyway, so yeah, you can follow us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again with another episode. Till then, I'm Blake. I'm Henry, and we're Henry, Henry and Blake. Blake. Ta-da! <laughs> See you next time. See you. Say bye, guys. Ciao, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>